From the Holler, the podcast that nurtures a life of purpose and presence, taking you on a transformative journey of healing and soul discovery from a farm in the North Georgia mountains where we've been sharing spiritual messages for over a decade. I'm your host, Vicki Fraker, a dedicated life coach, spiritual healing guide, and a student of life, here to help you live an awakened life and take you on an unlearning journey. And I'm Amanda Augustine, your curious companion. Together, we'll dive deep into conversations that challenge old beliefs and nurture your connection with your truest self. Signpost number one. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes. That's it's a big one because it's number one, right? I mean, did you pick it based on its bigness or does that just where it fell in the continuum? <laughs> no, it's to start at the beginning. That was the beginning journey for me was understanding there really are two of me. And I say that not like I'm Sybil. Like, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm good. good. How you doing? <laughs> Not like that, that there is a physical, five-sensory, external self that came into this world that is a part of life that we all know about. Our culture, family, religion, everything focuses on our external selves, what you produce, what you perform, what you have, accumulations, all of that, accomplishments, that is forefront of most people's life. And there's another part of me that I didn't know personally on a deep level was my heart, my soul, my spirit, that it longed for very different things than just what the physical aspects longed for, that there was a deeper underlying rhythm in my heart and soul that I needed to learn how to feed and and even learn how to acknowledge it and then pay attention to it and then feed it. And I think the the one that's, you know, more based on the physical world and all, that's it's measurable. Like I think yes. humans like to have some form of measurement or, okay, I've made it to this, where the other is so much more subjective and it's not measurable and it's kind of a, like, you feel like it doesn't exist because you can't feel it or see it or touch it. Well, it doesn't exist for a lot of people and it didn't for me. So that's all I know about. So I'll talk about my experience. But what you have to remember is we are conditioned, we are trained to produce And those things that you listed, it's all based on what you can produce. Yeah, you can quantify those things, your output, what you produce. But when I learned to change the order up, it's not that our physical or external presence or existence is is bad or not good. I don't even like to say those words. I whispered them. It's that for me, there was a different order. I had to learn to put the emphasis and the focus on my heart, my soul, my spirit, 
my eternal self. Some people call it a true self or false self. On my true self, on my deepest self, I had to learn to pay attention and to put some energy on that and to actually change the order. So that for me was number one, was the most important. And secondly, was then the external self and how I showed up in the world. Because when you connect with the deeper part of yourself first and give yourself attention and allow yourself to love what you love, how you then show up to perform your activities, duties, responsibilities in the world changes. When you change the order of how you do things, the quality of your life change changes. Mine did. Yeah, and I think when you do the inward first, you develop that sense of being enough, I think, where then you take that out into the world, where if you do it the opposite, which I often do, the producing, the producing, the producing, I never feel enough. Because my to-do list is never empty. So, of course, I'm never feeling like I'm enough. But if I did the inward journey first, I would already have established established that I'm enough. Yeah, it's a a deeper knowing. It's a deeper knowing of really what does it mean to understand your worth? What What does it mean to understand that you were breathed into and created for a specific reason of being who you are, being first and then doing second. And I think when we don't learn that, we do keep looking outwardly for something that we long for internally, and it just can never be fulfilled. And I think we don't slow down long enough, or many of us don't slow down long enough to really tap into that. And to recognize it and acknowledge it. Well, I stillness is the way. That's mm-hmm. that's what I learned. It may not be your way, so I never try to tell people what their way may be. But for me and for many other people, the way you so it's like, how do you do that? How how do you pay attention to your heart and soul? How do you put your spirit first and your doing second? How do you do that? Stillness. Mm-hmm. Stillness is the way. Stillness is the inward journey, whether you call it contemplation or stillness or meditation. For me, it is the way to change the order of going inward. And probably one of the harder things for people to do in our society, right? I mean, and and you can get good at it and you can teach yourself, but I don't think that it's outwardly taught. To do that, and so I think a lot of people, that's a scary journey to start going inward. Well, I think the way you get better at it is to practice it. And sure. everything in our culture pulls us into a place of distraction, because if it can hook us into being distracted, it owns us. And so, again, then we start believing those lies. The more I do, the more I am. All of those lies you talked about, and it's like, no, there's a lie. The bar keeps being raised. And yeah. then you realize there's not even a bar. Yeah. It's just this conditioned way of hooking us into not living our lives, mm-hmm. not paying attention, not being present, not being fully alive for our life, being in our mind onto our next accomplishment or next doing. You mentioned 
learning to love what you love. It is a constant mantra out at the farm, letting ourselves love what we love. I realized in the beginning when I heard that, it felt like the most, it felt like the most selfish and self-absorbing thing to let yourself love what you love. Like, who do you think you are? What arrogance. Your life is supposed to be about serving others. And when I did that first and just went out there and served others, over time, I resented it because I gave what I didn't have to give. And I gave in hopes that these bitches up here would see me giving and (laughs) give back to me. So it was done transactionally. I'm doing this for you. What can you do for me? Those aren't clean links. Those aren't clean links (laughs) that we talk about at the farm. Exactly. Exactly. But when I went on this journey of really letting myself in this childlike, curious way, love what I love, it actually brought me to a different relationship with how I love my creator by loving things that are in the natural world, by loving my animals, by loving walks in the woods, by loving riding my horse, by do doing all these things while being fully present with the intention of filling up on love so that I could recalibrate my spirit first, my physicalness second, how I showed up to quotation marks serve how I showed up to love others changed it wasn't with an undertow of energy of doing things keeping score resenting it those expectations yes yes it it released all that people feel being served that way people feel being loved that way I know I do mm-hmm. I don't want to love people that way with this expectation, with this transactional, I'll do for you, will you do for me? And so that was one of the things that Pat and I worked on in the very beginning. That's why it is signpost number one, Mm. is until you can let yourself really love what you love, tap into that dharma that you were created for, what comes natural to you. And we always, you know, I can always relate it back to a child. What did you naturally do as a little girl or little boy that it just flowed out of you with no thought of, is it going to be rejected or not? You just did it, whatever it was. And so it's tapping back into that childlike curiosity of letting yourself love what you love. You're a spirit first and a physical being second. I would tell you the guy's name, but you know I'm going to jack it up, and I'm going to do it in my country way. Tellier del Chardin is Ooh, the who's that? Yeah, he's the one that said I'm a spiritual. <laughs> he was a wise soul. I think he was a Jesuit priest, or um, hell, I don't know. I just know I read him a lot, and he has some good shit to say. He sounds like a good guy. He was, yeah, long, long time, ago. long, long time ago. So let's go back to. This, you know, these two halves of who we are. And let's talk about the quick pace of life and how 
probably going to have people be like, oh, nobody got time for that as far as the balance, right? Like, Vicki, you're not sitting out in your loincloth in your teepee for six (laughs) hours a day meditating. So talk a little bit about what that looks like in just an everyday existence because that's hard to balance that. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we don't have shit to do. I say that all the time. We have a 30-acre farm. I have lots of shit to do. For me, Amanda, it really is the small ways of just slowing things down. It really is. I always say start wherever you are because your small step may be my big step. So you start where you are and you take small steps of moving in that direction of creating more stillness in your life. I mean, to, you know, say I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes a day. If that works for you, go ahead. That would not work for me. For me, I just have to slow it all down and start off my day. I do start off my day on my knees in gratitude and prayer. And I just ask for help to slow it all down. I want to move slow. I want to move and be present in my life. I don't want to be moving so fast that I look up and 10 years go by. And I don't, I wasn't even there for it. Right. I think that's how most people feel. And I think most people do crave on, and I know I do, of just slowing down. I think the world just moves at such a quick pace. But there's going to be those, you know, and I, and me included, like, come on, Vic, like, I get it. How, how are we going to do that? I mean, we all like I. Work but I always say you can take some deep breaths at a red light. Like you can take some deep breaths. That's how I start to slow it all down. And then the more I start slowing it all down, the more I actually want to practice slowing it down even more. And then my you know, deep breaths at a red light really do turn into, for me, a carved out space of stillness. Sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 30 minutes. But for me, I have to practice small steps of slowing life down and reminding myself why I'm slowing life down is so I actually can be present for it. I mean, there's so much research by so many people who are hospice nurses, and they meet with people who are at the edge of life. And they say, what do you wish you had more time for? And we know the answer. We all do. We all know the answer. So it's like, if you know that, only you can choose that. Somebody's, a fairy is not going to come out of the sky, or maybe she will. But in my experience, a fairy has not come out of the sky and said, Vicki, I grant you stillness. It's like you have to claim it. You Nobody, have to work for it, yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to give that to you. You have to give that to yourself. So it's up to us, I believe, for those that want to be awake for this life to to pay attention, to slow it all down, and then to actually choose some of those things. You have to choose it. It's It's a choice. We all get free will. But remember, what lies in the balance of that, what lies in the wake of your choices is your life. And your, your life is based on the quality of your relationships. And your relationships are based on the quality with the relationship with yourself. It's just all connected. It's all connected.
you know, I think sometimes we forget that we have the power to choose. And so I think it's really important to remember that what you choose really does become the quality of your life. And each of us deserve a life with deep purpose and meaning and connection and relationships. And it's up to us to actually do our necessary inward work so that then who we become outwardly is what our life is all about. It's it's a life well lived. I love it. Well, we'll end it there, this this episode. Um, But as always, Vicki, it's just always such a pleasure to sit and chat with you and all your worldly wisdom. I don't know about all that, but I've got some life experience. You certainly do, girl. You got some life experience. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on another episode of From the Holler. We hope our conversation today has offered valuable insights on your journey towards healing and soul discovery. Stay connected with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Farm to Souls, Farm the number two, Souls, or visit our website at farmtosouls.com. Together, we can create a community of individuals dedicated to nurturing their spirituality and awakening to the gifts of this life. As always, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your journey. Stay curious, stay open, and remember, you're not alone on this path.